Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's your buddy Gavin. We are back on the filibuster freestyle and a little bit of a special filibuster freestyle presents the best man podcast. Let's call it episode three, but let's call it a quasi episode three because we're going to dip a little bit into some best man stuff likely at the end of this, but it's been a couple weeks and we're bringing on a new guest Old friend, new guest, buddy from high school, Tony Frangie, who I was with, with Cindy Harrington, in Atlanta, Georgia, for Super Bowl 53. Now, as you all know, Cindy Harrington and I drove back from Atlanta to watch the Super Bowl here in Charlotte because we didn't have tickets. We couldn't get tickets. But Tony and our other buddy, friend of the show, longtime friend, Tim Larkin, who none of you know, he refuses to come on. He's got his principles. That's okay. Anyway, Tim Larkin, Tony Friend, you went to the game. We last saw them as they were about to jump on the subway, the MARTA, and go to the game. So I want to get Tony's take on what happened before the game, at the game, after the game, all the stuff, flight home to Boston, all that stuff. So we're going to do that. He's coming up next. But first, I have a couple of hot, hot takes related to the Patriots. But this is actually good for you Patriots haters because I just want to talk about the people and teams that the Patriots usually have to avoid en route to winning the Super Bowl. So I want to give props to the people who have ruined ruined the Patriots seasons because so many of our fans are sick of me talking about the Patriots winning. And I do want to hear about Tony's Super Bowl experience. It'll be a little Pat-centric. I mean, they won the game and he's a Pat season ticket holder, but... I really want to know more about what I missed down there at the game itself because it's such a bonanza. But anyway, for you Pats haters, there's a couple little little morsels, a little clickbait. By the way, if I haven't said it, I think I said it, but you can never say it enough. Filibusterfreestyle.com, check it out. Filibusterfreestyle, follow us at Filibusterfreestyle on Instagram. You follow me at Gavin Viano on Twitter. And obviously Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, follow us, subscribe, leave a review. Filibusterfreestyle. Okay. Tom Coughlin is a number one obvious pick for people or teams the Patriots need to avoid at all costs if they want to win the Super Bowl. Even last year when he was with the Jaguars and the Pats beat the Jaguars in the AFC Championship, the effort they had to expend there threw a total wrench in their mojo. They got embarrassed and lucky to win, and then they got embarrassed again this season by the Jaguars. But obviously the two biggest embarrassments were Super Bowls 42 and 46 when Tom Coughlin led Eli Manning and the Giants to beat the Patriots. The next most obvious person is, of course, the aforementioned Eli Manning. For the reasons just described. Helmet catch, all I have to say there for Super Bowl 42. Tough one. Peyton Manning's another one. I know that the Pats and Tom Brady and the Colts slash Broncos and Peyton Manning had a lot of back and forth. Peyton Manning was not like the kryptonite that Eli was in big games, but he won his fair share and then some. Um, certainly the Pats on the way to Super Bowl 50 and 48 lost to Denver, which is where Peyton Manning was playing. Super Bowl 41 that the Colts won against the Bears. That was the one where they had the epic comeback on the Patriots. It, I believe, was then the RCA Dome, which they've now built a new stadium in Indianapolis. Anyway, other teams, the Ravens and the Broncos, even before Peyton got there. And I bring up the Ravens and the Broncos because today we had a big trade. Joe Flacco getting sent to the Broncos from the Ravens. If there are two teams that I can't stand in the AFC, 
It's the Broncos, especially in Denver when the Patriots play there, and the Ravens in general. Super psyched that the Broncos haven't made the playoffs recently, and super psyched that the Ravens got bounced by the Chargers, so the pass didn't have to play them. So anyway, those are the teams and people that I think, you know, should give you all solace. Obviously, listen, the Eagles, they won fair and square Super Bowl 52. Hats off to you. If you guys were to play us again and do it again, I would maybe put you on this list. I'm not even throwing shade here. I'm just saying Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, multiple, multiple examples of derailing the Pats. The Ravens, multiple examples. The Broncos, with and without Peyton Manning, multiple examples. That's all I'm saying. Here comes the theme song. On the flip side, our buddy, Tony Frangie. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Never done this before. Never done this before, and here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Frangie joins us, as I told you on the pre-show, before the theme song, and through the the magic of production, Tony didn't even hear the theme song. What's up, Tony? (laughs) Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the freestyle. Um, First of all, you're coming to us from from Deerfield, Illinois, in a hotel. Is that correct? That's right. Only the finest finest Marriott out here in Deerfield. It is uh, is lovely. Which, is it a straight up Marriott? Is it like a Fairfield Inn? What the hell are we doing there? No, no, no. It's a suite. So I've got the whole, I've got like a little living room here. I just had some uh, some room service chicken wings. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, as a Marriott Points member myself, uh, let's make them the unofficial <laughs> sponsor of the week. And everybody, hashtag that crap and see if they'll give us a free room. There we go. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you too, by the way. You, you actually were the reason that we were able to stay down there. In Atlanta, with you and Tim Larkin, Cindy Harrington, we were all at the Courtyard by Marriott, the official hotel of the NFL, <laughs> and we had a hell of a time. But here's what I want to do. I've already set this up a little bit with the people who listen, but I want to hear from you. You know what questions are coming. I want to hear, so I know that you're a season ticket holder, and you've been a season ticket holder for a while. This was the first yep. Super Bowl you ever got to go to. You had tickets for face value, and I want to hear the story on how you got these tickets because I know the guy you were supposed to go with didn't get to go, and he wanted to get neurovirus <laughs> instead. Our guy, Soup, Greg Campbell. So tell me how that all came about. Uh, first off, Soup is basically the Jesus Christ of the story. Yes. And it's it's because he has suffered for all of our sins, I have to say. <laughs> right? Hell and he's, he's, <laughs> He came through, this guy came through in the clutch and uh, was extremely selfless by not being able to go, but still making sure that this uh, ticket connection came through. Nice. So, you know, you mentioned uh, we're season ticket holders. Me and another buddy, uh, this, this friend of mine has had the tickets uh, for probably 20 Two twenty-three years. Yeah. Right. So Drew Bledsoe gets drafted, gets all excited, gets his season tickets. He's got four seats. We've been splitting this. I've been going to games since probably two thousand three. Uh, you know, now living about ten minutes from the stadium, it's perfect. But you know, for season ticket holders, you get into this lottery, yep. and the chances of winning the lottery in our nosebleed three hundred seats is like zero. And out of I don't what is that nine Super Bowls, eleven, you know. 10 Super Bowls since he probably got the tickets or nine Super Bowls since he got the tickets uh, has never, never won. Wow. Never won. Zero, zero, zero percent chance. So 
uh, was sitting there watching the game with uh, with Soup and a few other buddies. Our, our families were there. The kids were all staying up too late. And, uh, you know, basically the game against Kansas City ends. And Soup looks over and he goes, if I were to go to this game, I may have already reserved a hotel room. Huh. And if I, and if I was going to go to this game, I'd probably fly into Charlotte. And if I, you know, blah 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 blah. And I start looking. I'm like, dude, let's. It sounds like you thought about this a lot. And he had. And I was like, dude, I'm in. I'm in 100. percent Like, let's make this happen. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I just turned. I just turned 40 years old. Happy birthday. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Feel really good about it. Uh, you know. And uh, this was like just such a great. Let's season. do it! You know like right, parties. first chance, yeah. ten Super Bowls, forty years old. Let's go! Let's go! And you know, you don't know how many more of these are going to have in them, right? So you know, so Sue comes through with the plan. Uh, we are trying every contact that between both of us that we have, and uh, he said he early on he goes, I, I may have a buddy. It's a friend of a friend, but he won't know until late next week if we're going to have tickets. And sure enough, every other thing falls through. Thursday night, Soup gives me a call and he goes, he came through. I got two tickets. Wow. And he goes, but now I have to negotiate with my wife. <laughs> so he hadn't done the most important part. <laughs> he had tried. He had, he had been like soft selling it. Yeah. Didn't think it was, you know, he wasn't sure. You know, we had flights all kind of arranged, all the stuff. But, like, we didn't book – like, I didn't book any flights. It just needed to have the tickets in hand. Uh, and so he tells me that it's 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 slim. He may not be able to go. we got to make sure the tickets uh, are going to work out. But I'm like, now immediately I'm working on a backup plan. Like who's going with these. me? Exactly. Exactly right. So uh, right after the Kansas City game, I get a text from our buddy, Tim, Tim Larkin. Sparkin' Timmy Larkin. Spark and Timmy Larkin. So Timmy Sparks, he called. He, he sends me a text and he goes, "Hey, is uh, is my spot on your couch still available? You know, for the game in a couple weeks." Because so the background with Tim and me watching the game is uh, the Super Bowl used to land on my birthday as well, right? Just mentioned, just turned, just uh, had a big birthday. Yeah. And uh, used to have a little party, watch the Super Bowl. Have your birthday. Right, exactly. So as kids, Tim used to come over and watch the, watch the games. And then a couple of years ago, uh, the Seattle the Seattle game, uh, Tim and I didn't have other plans. He came over with his daughter. We watched the game. And, uh, you know, sure enough, they pull it out with that amazing Malcolm Butler yep. reception. Yep. So now every year, since the Pats have been in the game so much the last five years, it's just super Sorry, everybody else. We're just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Every Eagles fan is vomiting in their face, all their mouth. Oh. It has been it has been outrageous. But you know, look now we're we're sitting there. We're like, yep, we got our same spots reserved on my couch. It's just basically us, right? You know, the kids are we'll play in the back, whatever. And uh, yeah, so you know, I go, yeah, look, man, that's great. Your spots reserved unless I go to this game. And he goes, oh, I might come with you. And it's because he sent that text it was that in he your... was literally the first person I called. Nice, yeah, fantastic. So, so so Campbell couldn't go, Larkin's in, and uh, man, we were we were we spent all day Friday completely distracted from work. Couldn't think about anything else. Yeah. Just booking flights, getting ready to go. That's awesome. And the best part is Larkin texts me and he's like, We're flying into Charlotte, you're coming with us. <laughs> and and I, I was like, Cindy's coming, she's a huge Pats fan to, to Charlotte. Yeah. We plan to watch the Super Bowl in Charlotte. And I'm like Bad idea. But these two guys are coming to town. And we're only four hours away, and they already have tickets, and they already have a hotel. We might get lucky. 
And the fans already know that we didn't get lucky, but you guys were going in lucky. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed going down and being a part of it anyway. But but so that's a good story. And then I, I may or may not have touched on with Cindy the last time she and I were on, which was in our in our post celebration haze. But it was worth oh, it. Oh, very nice. Um, so let's just start with the fact that we get on the Marta, which is the subway, to go down to Midtown, and Urban Meyer and his wife are waiting for the same train as us, and Urban Meyer turns to you and says, do you know the subway system? And you're like, I have the app. And you guys became fast friends. Uh, we're, oh, we're, we're like buddies. We still text. It's great. You know, we're on, uh, we're on MySpace together. Monster. <laughs> You know, all that stuff. <laughs> we're rolling. Yeah, the funniest part is we're, we roll down in the Marta, and we've got, like, we've, we've got some Pats gear on. I've got my hat on. Uh, I don't know anything about Atlanta, never mind the Atlanta subway system. And this guy's looking at me like I got all the answers. I'm like, dude, do you, do you see the hat? I mean, come on. <laughs> Check the name tag, Urban. Yeah, the best part, too, is the uh, the app is completely useless. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was just like a big spreadsheet of the schedule, right? The timetable? <laughs> timetable so i'm like i'm counting up the stops and my like you know i'm like hey coach uh you get like seven stops until you're like seven stops and oh so yeah. yeah you guys had a nice little dialogue going it was great <laughs> well did you hear the did you hear he's doing uh he was doing facetime with yes. his daughter back home yes at some point during the ride and uh you know not to listen in on somebody's private conversation but listen when you're facetiming on the subway you're asking for it exactly right so he, at some point, he's just like, yeah, uh, kid goes, hey, where, where are you guys? And his wife, his wife, I have to say, was lovely. lovely. She's, like, she's lovely. super nice, had a great attitude. She was all smiles about riding the Marta. Miss Mara is really all about it, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so at some point, the kid's like, where are you guys? Like, we're, we're riding the subway. He's like, yeah, used to be, uh, you know, Ballet service, door to door, private planes. Look how far we've come. Yeah, well, you know, I still think at his at his former salary, he could afford an Uber Black if he wanted. <laughs> that being said, you know what? The Marta was a great way to get around. Couple of takeaways from that: one, he is sh- a little shorter than I, he's not a short man, but he's shorter than I no. thought he was. I, I thought he was like six four. <laughs> he's probably like five eleven. What what's he listed at? I have no idea, but I thought he was 6'4 on TV, and he, he plays much smaller in real life. Number two, I like that he sneaked in the all-black Nikes instead of wearing shoes to whatever formal event he was going to. They were very oh, subtle. good call. Because I was across the aisle from him. Very subtle, Mr. Meyer. Very subtle. Let's talk about another guy that we didn't think we were going to see that weekend. Todd Flamin. I haven't seen the guy since I was in fourth grade at Pleasant Sacrament <laughs> School. The reemergence of Todd Flamin. He was your neighbor. He went to school with me. Back in the day, I haven't seen the guy since probably like 1990. He lives in Atlanta. He shows up to our hotel Sunday morning wearing a Tom Brady jersey. How was it being with Todd Flamin? <laughs> well, first of all, it was it was a little bit it was it was like a sad exchange, right? Yeah, because I had I had you and Cindy taken off. Yep. It was kind of like the handoff. Yeah. To to Flamin coming in. Todd had tickets. And we for, didn't. And, well, fair, fair. And for me, it was like it was like a terrific weekend of Walpole reunions. Awesome, you know. All Walpole, it's, all the time. All the time, all the time. In Atlanta. So anyway, in Atlanta. So, so the Flame got his tickets through through a friend at ESPN. He got a ticket uh, by himself. And I got to tell you, we uh, we went out uh, like really early. Obviously, we saw you around noon. I think we yeah, went you down, guys departed you know? for the game at six twenty, six hours early. Six hours. I thought that was appropriate. Totally. Right. <laughs> um, and so. 
Actually, it was it was super easy, right? Because you got you got a uh, couple old friends going around, walking around. We we met up with uh, with Tim's brother-in-law and yep. some of his his buddies uh, who were just having a blast. What was it like down there? What was like the scene? Uh, the scene was great. So first off, the stadium is super impressive yeah. when you just are walking around on the street and kind of in the area. Beautiful, brand new NFL stadium. Uh, dome, I mean, just like terrific. And then as you as you're walking around, they actually put up a pretty large perimeter around the outside of the stadium. So security was pretty top notch. Um, I think I think the stadium had just over seventy thousand attendees for the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, and basically every all of them plus eight of each of their friends probably was around. Um, so I mean, we were just for the most part as we're walking down taking the train the first thing that we noticed that was pretty impressive was the number of pats fans yeah it seemed like there was a million to one like just so many crazy it was crazy i never heard a crowd at a super bowl so emphatically pro one team Mm -hmm. i mean it it was it was a home game i mean by the time you got down there people were just high-fiving home game baby home game baby and it (laughs) really it was it was like it was like 80 percent pats fans 5% 5% Rams fans and 15%, you know, everybody like else. Football fans. Yeah, cor- cor- <laughs> yeah. Corporate football. Yeah. Corporate. And, uh, and, but we were just like, we were people watching mostly cause it was just waves of folks, uh, folks, you know, people hawking all sorts of stuff, um, different tailgates kind of popping up. And what was great was even some of the, the Atlanta fans that would typically tailgate before a game, they still got to their regular lot. They're oh, tailgating wow. before the Super Bowl, even if they weren't didn't have tickets or weren't going in. So it looked like it was it was a lot of fun. That's cool, man. And they yeah, know how to tailgate sure. down there. So look, so the stadium was really cool. Yep. Um, what was the game like? Being at the game itself, what what stuck out to you in terms of being something that you just can't experience at home? Like what was what stuck out there in terms of the game experience? It, the intensity. Really? Because yeah, because you, you figure you put so much in the ticket. So you know, we talk about got the tickets at face value. I mean, there's still a thousand bucks. Yeah, no, you invest. You know? I mean, no doubt. You know, and then you're you're paying to fly down there, and and look, we're in the three hundreds. We're in the we're in the end zone. We're up about as high up as you can get. Great vantage point. No bad seat yep. for sure. Yeah, can't complain about it. But still, look, you're you're invested in it. Plus, geez, again, it's God that we drove in and out of Charlotte. That four-hour drive home the next day would be brutal after a loss. That must have been a monster, and just in general, like <laughs> we're like we just came down here. This there's got to be a win. It's got to be a win. Have to be. Have to be. Right. I mean, so the intensity that makes sense. Now, did you guys stick around for halftime and watch the show, or did you go like reload? We we did. We did. I mean, you know, for all you know, for all the 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 you know, grief that Adam Levine's getting. He may have been the best 40 year old, 40 year old performance of the first half. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> you, know, you know, what's interesting though is like and people, if this is not a hot take, everybody says this, but I'll just point it out. Like, I'm sure it was actually a pretty good live show. It was okay. Actually, you know, that was sort of the first text. Cause you know, you got your buddies that you text with during the games. Yeah. Uh, so I have my, my usual text string. It's a couple, you know, the buddy that I go to the Pats games with a couple other friends, my brother, whatever. So 
my first thing was, boy, it didn't sound great. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I was yeah. in, a, I was in a, a, a bar, and they had the, the sound kind of – I couldn't really hear it. I've since watched the game like four more times on NFL Network, so, <laughs> so I have heard it. But I guess my point was going to be you, it's really impossible, even if you nail it, for everybody to actually give you props. Oh, um, it's impossible. Totally right. But like they, totally didn't, right. they didn't necessarily nail it. Um, could have used a lot more. Could have used a lot more. Big boy. Could have used a lot. A lot more. Here's here. Let me ask you this. What do you think about this? Yeah. When they started playing moves like Jagger, did you think either Mick Jagger or Christina Aguilera would come out? Because the only two answers were for one or both of them to come out and save the show. <laughs> like, that was it. I was sitting was there it. in my in my you know I was you know it was a Super Bowl. I was a little yeah. I had had a few beers by that point. Yep. Yep. And I'm s- not screaming at the TV, but I'm like, they gotta bring out Christina. They gotta bring out Christina, and then when they missed her part, I'm like, they're bringing Mick. They're bringing Mick. <laughs> I was convinced. I'm like, how would he do this song and not bring out like either the girl who sang with them, the, the exquisite and talented Christina, or Mick Jagger, both of whom I believe are veterans of the Super Bowl. Like, come on. Good. You know, great point. I, I think your the point about Big Boy just basically stealing the show. Yeah, in like 45 I, seconds. Yeah, I mean, like, what an entrance. Yeah, at, at some point, at some point, Levine says like. You know who who is a actually very talented guitar player. Yeah, he says before he starts playing. So, hey, you want to hear me play this guitar? <laughs> and, and I gotta tell you, anytime someone asks me that, I just want to say no. Like, just do, just just do it. You're here. Come on, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm ready. Right. And do I'm ready. do you, man? Do you? Do you? Do you? You're Go playing Super Bowl halftime. You don't have to ask. You just gotta yeah. do it. <laughs> I'm here, right? Totally um, fair. But you know what? Everything else, though, with the halftime show is really neat because you get to see them set it every, set everything up. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I mean, they must have 500 people just pulling in the stage. I mean, each section comes in like a puzzle piece, connects in, clicks in, rolls out over the thing. I mean, it is set up in no time. Dude, the logistics of that whole, not only the game itself, but the, the, the halftime, the speed... The precision, like you said, they can't ruin the field. They're doing pyrotechnics. Like there are balls of flames at the end of that performance, and somehow, oh, and somehow they could play football ten minutes later. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was it was incredible. It's really neat to watch. Um, you know, actually, some of the other stuff that would happen during the stadium, which was pretty cool, was because you know, again, it's one of those games that is really uh, it's the whole spectacle, yeah. right? And when you're watching at home, you see all these commercials, and the commercial breaks are pretty long, and you're you know, the game just feels really long. So you're sitting there saying, "Well, I'm going to sit in the stadium. What am I going to be doing during these commercial breaks <laughs> yeah. and everything else?" And um, you know, the stadium, like I said, it's it's state of the art, and they have this sort of, uh, you know, almost like a donut hole in the top for where the dome is. Yeah. And that whole thing, 360. There's that's the jumbotron. Right. One big video board around. Right. One big video board around. So you're looking at That's the cool. inside of the circle, you know, opposite you. Uh, and er, anyways, during during each of the commercial breaks, they would they would play one or two of the big commercials. Oh, really? That popped out. Yeah. So we weren't completely from a pop from a pop from a pop culture piece. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you know, commercials that at the NFL 100 I thought was the best one. It was really good. It it was really good, and yeah, I was not. It was well played. Um, Let me ask you this, actually, because you mentioned you were you were there, um, and and the experience that you get when you're there. Um, What was I going to say? Sorry, man. It was it was something about the commercials. Oh, 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 um, oh. People said the game was boring. Sorry. Okay. No. First of all, and I'm with you. Like we had rooting interest, (laughs) but was there any? 
I think I already know the answer. Is there any sense in the stadium at, at all of, oh, my God, a defensive struggle? Like, this sucks? Or was is everybody so amped up to be there? They're just like, it's football. Let's go. So it's actually a terrific question because it really depends on where you're sitting. Okay. Fair. So if I take me and Larkin's experience versus the flame yep. and where his seats were and how he got his seats. So we're all up in the 300s. End zone section where I am is exclusively Patriots fans. Nice. People just wearing Pats jerseys, uh, you know, getting up. You know, I'll use third down as an example because you're not. It's a neutral field. Right. So you don't get the so, you don't get the foghorn. You don't get like. Well, actually, they do the foghorn. They do it for both. Well, you don't do it for foghorn like New England. But you know the the announcer. You know, like at a home game, the announcer would say, "Oh, it's third. You know, if your defense has a third yeah, down, it's third oh, down, it's yeah. third down. Get up, make some noise." Well, he does it, but he does it for both sides. Oh. And and when LA's defense would get a third down on the Patriots' offense, you could hear him very clearly because the Rams fans were pretty quiet. Yeah. The anti-Patriots fans were pretty quiet. You know, so you'd hear the announcer, "Oh, it's third down, make some noise," and then maybe thirty seconds later, they start making some noise. For Pats fans in my section, as soon as second down's over. People are up. Getting up. They're standing up. They're getting up. They're making noise. It's it's terrific. You you don't. Even, I didn't even know the announcer was doing it for us. Nice. <laughs> because we're sitting there. We're up. We're standing. We're cheering. So everybody's excited about each play. And and if you watch the Pats this season, you know they could give up a big play anytime. Anytime. You know, if Todd Gurley becomes Todd Gurley for one one second, second right? Sixty yards later, you know, see ya. Who I knows? Couldn't believe how few points they gave up. Just retroactively. Can't, can't oh, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and actually, from our seats, too, you could see defensive misalignments of the secondary, especially after Chung went down. I mean, you could see all those things, the miscommunication where they needed to take timeouts. And you were like, how did this not it blow up in their face? Somewhere? Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. So now, going back to your question, though, you know, do you have people that are bored? We caught the flame right after the game. We go to his section. He's sitting 300s, but around the 40 yard line. So he's got pretty good darn seats. good seats. Yeah. Yeah, pretty darn good. I mean, I think to be able to get that vantage point. And I was like, man, how how was it? And he's just like, well, you know, I get there and I got these two gals next to me. And he says, well, hey, what, what team are you rooting for? They're like, well, we don't really care that much. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, we're, we're going to root for the Rams because, you know, we like Georgia and Todd Gurley went to Georgia. And, uh, and the Flames like, well, well, Sony Michelle went to Georgia. Why don't you root for the Pats? Like, nah, yeah, we don't really care that much. It's like, oh, my God. So it's to the left of him. And then to the right of him, he's got uh, this 15-year-old kid and his mom to the right. And the mom's a Pats fan and is kind of into the game. And so he asked the kid, he's like, oh, who are you rooting for? He's like, come on, man, I don't care about nothing but Clemson football. <laughs> why are you the Super Bowl, kid? <laughs> like, why are you here? He goes, pick a team. Let's go. I just on. want to point out that Todd sat next to four people, any of whom could have sold me their seats. <laughs> <laughs> you exactly pieces right. of junk. You pe- Not you guys, but those people. Come those on. Those people, absolutely. That six-year-old, oh his mom, and those two girls. At this moment, I'm very angry with all of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, so it was. They were they were bored. I think the women to his left, yeah, it's gonna drive you nuts. They left. They left with probably eight minutes left. That's too bad. Oh that's, yeah, that's just too bad. Well, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> all right. So any highlights? What happened afterwards, man? All right. So you know, 
I think the, the biggest thing I have to call out is we turned down the thir- Thursday the week before. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it was, Tuesday the week before. We had turned down tickets to go to the Pats postgame party. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, they were like $1,200. Fair. More, more, <laughs> more money than the tickets, actually, for you. More money than the tickets. And, you know, like, gosh, if they lost, and it was a tight game, but boy, that would be rough. Oh, it would have been a crap party. I get it. That's a lot. That's a lot of money to part with. The other side of it is, you know, having that, you know, that drive to Charlotte the next morning. Uh, after a win, boy, that's a fun party. And uh, that ride would be rough. Oh, no question. No question. There's, this was not, there, was no, there was no good choices. I, I think uh, the listeners will be upset I didn't go, probably. Probably, but that's okay. The, the drive home is probably a little... <laughs> did you guys do anything fun after the game in terms of like... So we did. We did. We, uh, we got escorted out of a Hooters at one point. That was, uh, we tried. So, you know. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, because, you know, uh, Timmy's, Timmy's brother-in-law, lots of fun. Uh, we were hanging out with him a little bit before the game. Yeah. Uh, just a barrel of laughs going in through security, all that stuff. And, um, you know, he, he, he really did it up. I mean, he went to some of the parties on Saturday. Yeah, yeah he was at some parties party. that we were, when we were out, he was texting us all kinds of outlandish stuff he was doing. Oh, completely ridiculous. Like big time you know, parties, like, yeah, for sure. He's, he's going to see Dave Grohl. I mean, all that stuff. So anyways, we're like, we're going to find that guy because he's ready to go. Uh, he's like, he texts us. He's like, we're at Hooters downtown. You got to go. But the thing is, there's so many people and it's Sunday night. And I just don't know if Atlanta was ready. Like the Atlanta bars and restaurants that they really wanted to stay open. For a Sunday night, yeah. De- and deal with the crowds. It was something like that. I don't know. So we get to the, we get to the Hooters uh, to find... Uh, to find these guys um, basically bookending a stripper from Miami who happens to be at the Hooters. So we're like, we're in the right place, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so so they let us in this kind of back door. They're trying to channel in the crowd. And they're like, you know, this large police officer in riot gear basically just kind of grabbed us and he's like yeah you guys got to go back out come in the right way blah 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 and at this point now you've got you know uh, uh, you know i'm about six two i'm wearing a white welker jersey you, you know you can't you kind of can't miss me at this point right right and now i've already been asked to leave one one side of this this place so they they, they say it's 11 30 they say it's going to be last because the game's over 10 15 10 30 you know, it's 1130. We're ready to go. And uh, they're like, oh, it's going to be last call. And so, you know, uh, Flame and, and Sparks, they kind of peel off. They're able to get into the bar a little bit and then make their way over to, you know, where our other friends are. Yeah. And uh, I try to do the same thing. And that cop kind of grabs me again. And he's like, yeah, you got to oh, finish your drink and finish your drink and get out of here. So uh, we went looking around. We found, and again, it's mostly Pats fans at this whole thing. Yeah, so that's got to be fun. So it's fun. I mean, everybody's still like pretty, you know, they're cheering and all this other stuff. And uh, anyways, we start looking around for another bar to go to. We find uh, we find this one bar doesn't look too busy. Open. That's I mean, open is kind of the first thing, right? Uh, and we go to go in it, and then we realize it's a Rams bar. Oh, it's an LA bar, and we're like, well, fuck it. Uh, sorry, it's uh, fine. You got one, this. one per show. <laughs> 
like, well, screw this. You know, we're, we're going to go in anyways. They're the only place open. And it turns out it's all Pats fans. There's like two Rams guys in the corner. Which is the story of the Super Bowl in general. Sorry. <laughs> it's the story of the Super Bowl. And we, you know, we sat there. We had a bunch of drinks and, uh, you know, had a, had a pretty good time. Nothing too crazy. Um, unlike Urban Meyer, the Flame gets an Uber Black. Gets us back home, my man. And yeah, and unlike the night before, where where uh, me and uh, me and Tim were able to order Domino's about two in the morning, um, Domino's closed at twelve thirty. So that was a little sad ending to the night where we couldn't cap it off. Yeah, so, strong order the night before: Philly cheesesteak <laughs> pizza and garlic knots. Well, the good news, the saving grace, was we still had some of the Philly cheesesteak pizza left over, and of course we. And, and of course, for Domino's, it, it, it holds well at room temperature for at least three days, so you're fine. <laughs> You're totally fine there. So tell me, ride back any highlights, or it just was miserable? No, actually, we were in, we were in like good spirits, of course. Shape. Oh my god! I mean, well that that drove everything else. I mean, you know, hangovers aside. Yeah. Was the flight was good. the flight pretty festive? Actually, or was it not too many pass fans from Charlotte coming back? It was a it was a mix, not as not as heavy. Hilarious thing though, as uh, as we're coming down, it was it was more Pats fans on the flight when we come when we went down. Yeah. Um, and there was some random kid, you know, three three guys in a row. Some random kid is next to us, and he's talking about how he's going to get tickets, and you know, he's he's figuring it out, and he's going to try to get tickets. After we come out of this Rams bar, of all the people we see smoking a cigarette outside, it's the kid that was sitting next to us. On Holy the cow, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird, man. So, we didn't see him again on the way out, but no, it was actually it was it was pretty good. the The fun part was, you know, you and I got the chance to introduce Timmy to a Southern tradition, Chick Fil A, of course. And I got to tell you, the guy caught the bug, and that's all he would eat the rest of the ride home. You know what's great is one, like I told you guys, there's one at every exit, so you're good. Yeah. But I heard they're actually going to open one in Walpole, Massachusetts, where Timmy no. lives and you live. Really? Which means your boy's going to be eating chicken six days a week because they're closing Sundays. He might be 400 pounds by the time this is over. That's okay. <laughs> worth it. Hashtag worth it. Well, I'm glad Tim's caught the uh, Chick-fil-A bug. Maiden voyage. Worth it. Um, you didn't go to the parade, did you? Oh, no. And you know what? I, I, was, I did have to take the train into work oh, that next yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were so many high school kids and young college kids. Hey, that's who it's for. That's for that's who it's for. It's you know. It was, and the and the place was an absolute mob scene. You, I mean, you've seen all the pictures. Well, and the weather was great, right? So, like, it was. I mean, it was going to be a mob scene if it wasn't great, but the weather was great in February in Boston. Like, everybody's out. I mean, we've had we've had years again. This has been just so ridiculous of a run for this team, but we've had years where there's been snowstorms. Yeah. Before. You know, people are shoveling their ways out, their way out. They're throwing snowballs up at the duck boats. Um, this must have been, I mean, high forties, fifty degrees outside. I mean, it, it was a, there was a cold streak that got snapped, and people were psyched to be outside. Yeah, it was awesome. The pictures were great. It sucked to not be there, uh, but that's okay. That was the theme of my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we found like this bar. Well, I, I know where it was, Rira, which is a you know corporate. Bar in several cities, but they had the vol- they had the volume on. We were in there, and there was about ten people by the end of the game still there, and nine of whom were Patriots fans, and one was this guy's girlfriend. He was probably the third biggest Patriots fan in there after myself and Cindy, of course, at one and two. She's number one, of course. She's diehard. Um, but the guy's girlfriend was like 
just a, like one of those girls in Georgia where it's like she just didn't care. Yes. But I was like, you're here. You just got to enjoy it. Yeah. Don't be the one lady in a 10-person full of bar that's not going nuts. No, you're in Charlotte yeah. on a Sunday. You came out. You committed. Come on. Let's go. Pick a team. Pick a team and roll with it. No doubt. So last last thing I think we'll have time for. Uh, maybe the two things. But you, I did mention to the folks before you came on, you may have a best man story or two. Uh, I want to hear these best man stories from you. As I've told folks in the past, I'm getting a second chance of being a best man. I was a best man uh, back in my 20s for my cousin Mike. Uh, yep. I, I think it was fine, but I've seen a million good <laughs> ones and a million bad ones since, and yep. they have not rocked them all. And I'm doing my brothers this summer, and so I've been asking some people about either good stories, bad stories, good advice, bad advice. So what do you got for me, my man? First off, congratulations on uh, on your brother getting married. Uh, yeah. We just, uh, similar experience to you. Did one in my mid twenties, and also just did my brother's nice. uh, last last December. Nice. So he's all he's all married up, uh, which is great. So, uh, you know, the first one, I, I went the route of going with a little bit of a private inside joke. Yep. Right. That that can go either direction, right? Because you're not going to get the laughs from the audience, but it's going to stick with you because you know. Yeah, as long as like, you, yeah, I get that. You know the joke. So, so you know, during my speech, I referenced a story that my buddy, the groom, had told me probably like a day or so earlier. And uh, it was about how he was in the shower and, you know, he had this new puppy. And the new puppy came in and gave him a little lick, a little lick on the behind while he was in the shower. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, the, well, yeah. Which is cute. It's funny. But the thing is, he wasn't exactly alone in the shower. Okay. Okay. So he, uh, yeah, was, so I made the reference, I think his new wife turned purple. Yeah, yeah, that's... But, but only the two of them knew, only the two of them knew that uh, the re- they only got the reference. So it was, it was really good for me, not sure it got brownie points the long term. I mean, we're still friends, which is great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, had a, I had one guy on one time talking about how the, the, the best man no longer talks to the bride and groom. <laughs> So you didn't go that far, Tone. Good job. So so dial it up for like 15 years later. You're doing it around 40, 39 for your brother. Different story, I'm guessing. Where'd you go there? Well, so so with you know when it's one of your buddies, you're not you don't you don't have to give him a lot of advice. Yes. You know, plus you're in your 20s. You know how much advice do you, you really got? You have? got nothing. Nothing good. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Right. I mean, like at this point, I've been married for you know 12, 13 years at the yeah. time of this wedding, whatever it was, and so. Um, you know, I wanted to embarrass my brother a little bit because he can be, you know, he's a younger brother. Yeah, you know, sure. He, right? Give it, same give it same to deal. Him. Um, and I also wanted to give him some good advice. So naturally, I told a story about him dropping a deuce on our front lawn. Which is a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the you know, advice like, you gave him? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's kind of like, it's, you know, I, I had this like Ukrainian guy that I worked with and he said, you know, we're going through marriage advice for somebody getting married. It was, it was like a round robin thing that we used to do. And he said, yes, my, uh, my, my grandpa gave great advice. He said, uh, don't kill the goat in the living room. Fair. And I said, you know, like it makes no sense. Right. Except but definitely don't, is, don't kill the goat in the living room. Don't, don't do that. Well, cause the thing is the, you don't want to make a big mess 
where you live. Right. With with your wife, right? Correct. With your spouse. And and you know, my brother has this tendency of, you know, he'll he'll just make he'll do it. He will he will uh you know, I guess um, uh he will take that deuce right in the middle. And you know, when he was a kid, he would I mean like he wouldn't he didn't touch it. That deuce just sat there. He like mm-hmm. ran away from my mom, he was taking a bath. He came out, me and a friend were playing in the front lawn. Literally. He was, hey, Literally, he goes, hey, Billy, look at this. And he stood there, just with his T-shirt on, just drops one right next to the tree, right there on the ground. Wowzers. Laughing, thought it was hilarious. And that and that deuce, that sat there for probably two months. Well, the good thing is you didn't live in the city and you did, weren't obligated to curb your, you know. To... <laughs> but, yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. So, well, I mean. But, so the advice, the advice gap is, you know, look. So, you know, first off, you don't take the deuce on the front lawn. But if you do, you got you got to clean it you up. You got to own it, right? You got to own it. Totally fair. I like it. That's good so, advice. So use it. Use that. If you use that. To. I will definitely use that. Uh, <laughs> and then lastly, you turned forty. We've mentioned this. You've been a musician for a long time, but you started a band for your fortieth birthday. How's that going? I, I, I did. I took. You know what it was? I took a page out of the Drill and Threes. Drill and Threes. I was baby. inspired. Yeah, I got to admit, I was inspired. Um, yeah, and actually, same with with my brother's wedding. Uh, one of one of his buddies, another groomsman, um, it was into music. I, I played a, a song for my brother, and my mom to do their dance, and cool. uh, yeah, we just got got talking about starting a little garage band. Awesome, you know, that. it's terrific. It's you know, and I, I was like, oh, it's it's better than than you know exercise because like who wants to do that? Correct. Yeah, it's better. Fair. And then I was like. You know, I'm playing hoops, trying to stay, you know, a little bit here and there. But I'm like, well, you know, with sports and stuff, you get hurt, you get older. Yeah, tougher to get hurt playing music. It's still doable, by the way, but tougher. Uh, you know, fair point. And actually, my 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 right arm kind of hurts from from you know. So much guitar chords. playing, yeah. Too much guitar playing now. It's tough. Sorry, it's just too busy guitar. shredding my axe. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear me play this guitar? You want? <laughs> Adam Levine, not so much. Tony, go for it. Take it. Here's my favorite story. So, just this, you're gonna love this because my buddy Roscoe P comes on the show all the time. Love it. His given name is Chris. He's, he's the guitar player in Drill and Threes. But there was a point where he was playing. He was playing with an, an, an elderly gentleman, a gentleman who was a senior. But nice. this guy was like the lead singer guy, and Roscoe was supposed to be the backup guy. Mm-hmm. But without any warning or any rehearsal, sometimes because the guy was just you know up there in years. He would kind of get winded, and so he would just in the middle of a verse lose his wind and be like, "Chris, take it away." <laughs> and Roscoe, um, he didn't know it was coming, so he would do his best, you know. But then, like sometimes he wouldn't have it because he wasn't planning on having it, and the guy would just be like, "Chris, not helping." <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. That is brutal. <laughs> like what a savage. That's tough. What a savage! It's like it's like I can't finish. I can't finish the verse. Bail me out! You're not doing it right. Come on, dog. (laughs) Man, Roscoe P. I I tell you, it's uh, when you start playing with other folks, it you know it it gets like that sometimes. I was playing with a band a few few years back uh, called Crooked Digit. Nice name. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I've got a I've got a crooked. I got a crooked digit. Well, you do have a crooked digit. <laughs> so, so anyways, I got, uh, I got this guy, uh, 
playing guitar, another guy playing drums, and they, they got microphones somehow. And uh, I didn't like that too much because when they sang, I mean, look, they, they tried to harmonize, but you just were so off. So literally I bought a pedal. Yeah, the harmonizers for you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do backups." I'm like, "No, no, actually, guys, look what I bought. I bought this thing." Yeah, it does That's three voices cool. in one. It's good. <laughs> three part harmony in a box. Dude, I have one of those pedals. We we didn't need it, but it was nice to have. Um, but yeah, if if you either can or you can't harmonizing, and if you think you can harmonize, you can't. <laughs> you either know you can or you can't. That's the rules. So that's it. That's my, my advice for everybody else out there doing their cover band thing is if you think you can, but you don't know you can, you can't. And <laughs> don't tell your guitar player he's not helping if he tries to bail you out. Definitely not. Damn right. com. Tony, we're going to have you back on. Great to have you on for the first time. Uh, sorry we couldn't enjoy the game with you, but thank you for letting me know what I missed. I'm in no way jealous, but in every way happy for you guys. That was awesome. Um, I'm glad I got to go down and just see what was up, too, because I was planning on understanding Charlotte. It was worth the ride. Uh, it was a blast. Saturday night was so much fun. I'm so glad you guys came down. Uh, we, we wouldn't have had as good a time without you guys. Yeah, and I, and I felt... Didn't we see somebody else, too? And, like... I feel like we saw somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> well, so, you know, you want my celebrity rundown list from the weekend? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, let's close with that. I like that. So, so, so Urban Meyer, top of the list. You talked to the guy. Yeah. I saw you do it. No. Number one, right? Celebrity interaction, perfect. Uh, number two, Walter McCarty. Oh, Walter McCarty. To which we just yelled, Walter! Have to. Have to. Tremendous. Just like Tom Hansen. Uh, yep, Scott Zolak, but that's kind of usual. You knew he'd be there, stuff, yeah. Walk in the hallways. Uh, another one that was interesting is as you're exiting the stadium, you know how you get, a, like, you get channeled through these like winding staircases sure. all this to get out? Sure. Uh, random one. Jeff Saturday from uh, oh. formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, ESPN's Jewish. Jeff Saturday. Exactly. And everybody in the hallway is just like, I like Sundays better. <laughs> the dad joke's all coming out. <laughs> so that's our celebrity rundown. Fantastic. The trifecta. You really hit it. You really hit it. <laughs> Actually, there was four, but I don't count Zolak. <laughs> that's exactly. Zolak's an employee of the team. He had to be there. Anyway, uh, not enough. impressed. I do think that when Grady threw him the mic and he couldn't catch it, that was that summed up Zolak's whole life. You're right there. You're right there, but you were you were Bledsoe's backup. See ya. All right, man. Uh, I'll let you get back to the the, the the Midwest life out there in the great state of Illinois. Thanks for going on the freestyle. We will get you back if you can think of anything that you want to talk about. Open invite, my man. Thanks for coming on. Love it, love it. Thanks, Gabby. Talk to you, buddy. All right, see you, brother. Later.